I'm Kane Winstead. Hello, Internet. I'm Magical Matt 42. Uh, oh, are we introducing with Twitter handles now? It saves time, especially yeah. when you have to explain it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm at Kane Writes, and you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, a podcast about deep cuts, forgotten classics, and what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. Speaking of Spider-Man stories, which one are we talking about today, Matt? Today we're talking about Spider-Man, the anniversary syndrome, which is fitting, Kane, because this is our 50th true blue untold episode episode but it's not our anniversary our anniversary was in march well sometimes it's important (laughs) to celebrate off season so you can truly surprise your partner with that cake or set of flowers that they're not expecting at that point oh you're you're getting me a cake it's in the mail (laughs) you know how much i love that mail cake Ah, yeah. Anyway, Um, uh, what issue number is this? Well, published in March of 1994 was the adjectiveless Spider-Man Volume 1 number 44. Awesome. So Spider-Man number 44. Not amazing, just regular plain old Spider-Man. Not crunchy, smooth peanut butter Spider-Man. Number 44. Written and art because they they story and art got the, their own little double uh, credit uh, was Howard Mackey and Tom Lyle with Scott Hanna coming in on inks true Mm -hmm. so this one is not on comiXology but you can find it around for what a comic's worth yeah this is this is a not a special issue i mean it's it's a special issue but it's not (laughs) one that's that's it's not a key issue so it's not gonna be difficult hunting it down and shelling out only a few clams for it well kane it may not be special to you but it sure was special to see michael wallace dash whatever it takes from the tweeters uh uh, he was one who recommended this issue as one of the best single issues he's ever read. And if you want to hit him up, we need to give him a little thank you. He's at CMW628 on the tweeters. You need to get better glasses because I watched you like crane your neck to read that after blowing it up to it's like 400% on, on, on our script. It's I'm not an optometrist, but I think your glasses might need to be adjusted. You know what? You're fired. <laughs> You can't fire me. This is my podcast. And yet here we are. (laughs) So yes, a big thank you for Mr. Uh, Michael Wallace for requesting this issue. Uh, Let's let's dive right in, Matt. Um, So this one is called Anniversary Syndrome. It's extremely strongly implied, if not outright stated, that this takes place on the anniversary of the death of uncle ben you're definitely supposed to pick up on that uh by the end if not the beginning uh yeah this is playing right into that spider-man guilt right from the start i think it's important to realize where this issue is couched for its importance this is right at the height of the 90s following maximum carnage leading into pursuit you know and all the craziness with the parents and everything else this was really meant to be a grounding issue kind of something to put a stake in the ground so that to know that we weren't straying as far from the origin or realizing we remembered it uh before going off the wall 
So this is very much a comic that feels like if you're viewing the greater comics landscape and you're to pick up a Spider-Man issue, this is one of those. You know, this is meant to just feel like a Spider-Man comic, which reading it just in its own light without the context, the other stuff kind of maybe doesn't hold up as well. I believe is where Kane and I landed on this. If, if I was to get your general impressions right, Kane. Yes. Um, when I first read it, you know, the first general impressions was like, okay, well, like, it's it's kind of a boilerplate Spider-Man story. You know, the Uncle Ben guilt is something that we come back to pretty regularly. Slot really liked to, to harp on the, those feelings. So it kind of felt a little old hat reading it in night or 2019 but you know when when i kind of when doing the research double check the date and everything and talking to matt a little bit before the show started i kind of realized well let's think about the context of what was going around going on in spider-man at the time and like you said like this is right off the heels of maximum carnage we're kicking into the parent thing um clone saga's right around the corner so this story is more like a breath of fresh air almost to the a more grounded stake in the ground like you said spider-man story and adding to that breath of fresh air thing like this is the issue howard mackie and tom lyle come on to be the new creative team like this was kind of meant to be that first step this is this i mean in some ways this issue is supposed to be a hook for people which is kind of telling of where the climate of spider-man-ness was at the time mm-hmm. yeah so- and uh, <laughs> and in typical 90s fashion you know you get this grounded hook of an issue and then it ends with all right check in next issue where we're gonna get part three of pursuit so you got to read the other two comics to get the you know it's just yeah great point mm-hmm. uh i actually spoke with mackie uh a few years ago uh, about this era of spider-man writing and uh he said that it's it was just difficult to write a decent story because so much of everything was dictated by uh marketing at this point you would turn in a script for a story uh for like a one or two part story they say great turn this into an eight part story and we'll we'll spread it across the books and everything so uh just more context and and why it's just it's good to get just a a little one shot like this from this era yeah so moving more into the issue uh we have ripped peter (laughs) in his spider-man bottoms which apparently have a a band that he ties which i don't think i've actually seen before no those are those are pajama bottoms if you look closely again we need to get you new glasses there's like a plaid pattern on it <laughs> we really that's the need... window that's the frame of the window coming through if you notice oh, on the rest of the okay, background that right. same pattern carries through and it's on his skin if you go to the next now. panel however it's just a spider-man bottoms you goof uh <laughs> Well, I, I stand corrected. Um, here I was coming at you, you know, guns drawn, and and you just, you put me in my place. All right. So I was going to get to, uh, there's this uh, panel of pictures Peter has next to mm-hmm. his bed, which has a picture very much of him in his Ditko look next to Uncle Ben, and then some with others, but featured most prominently is a headshot of his model wife that says, yours forever, MJ, which is kind of sweet and touching, but it's kind of weird that he has it in the bedroom where you know he could see his wife lying right there well sometimes she's not there she's always there waiting for him (laughs) i actually wanted to talk about that um (laughs) 
fair enough. No, okay, so same page, the top of the panel, you've got, you know, Peter looking over to MJ in the bed sleeping with like one, but like the focus of the the, the panel is, I guess, her hip uh, and kind of the curve of her hip as she's laying down. And it's just, it's a very, not this particular image is iconic, but I just want to know, I wish I had like a dollar for every time MJ was drawn in like the 80s and 90s, laying on her side in bed with like her hair down and just like a giant old like hip. Like it it just, it seems like every time we get a Spider-Man story, this is how it starts with Spider-Man kind of like mournfully looking over to his wife who's peace fully sleeping in like silk sheets and like clothes just like clinging to every like contour on her body and like it's just <laughs> a dollar not a quarter yeah a dollar so you know we got to adjust for inflation uh but and then we get this silhouette of him in his spider-man regalia but with the mask off looking so sad um i haven't forgotten uncle ben i can never forget tonight peter parker must confront these memories as spider man so we really have this bookend start to this comic that is like spider-man is just racked with guilt all the time because uncle ben died sure it was the 60s and it's the 90s now you know he's still he's still very upset about it and i don't love this level of uncle ben guilt in my spider-man comic because it feels very wayne's death-esque like he can never let go or never move on and he's had no psychological growth we've had so many other deaths and so many other things for peter to realize being spider-man is ultimately a good thing that he's grown so much as a character to just pin it all down on this one thing anymore even you know in the 90s uh just feels like uh washing over so much of what the character's been through well it, it just feels kind of like cartoonish or even moblin like where he's still this kind of like posing in grief sadness over over uncle ben and i can understand like a the anniversary of an event can kind of drudge up feelings that that you've repressed or anything or or, or whatever but like you're right like it, it's a lot has happened between the, the you know this time and like in continuity it's uh, you know it should have been somewhere around like a decade has passed since that's happened um because you know it happened when he was 15 or so this is after he's graduated college so you know he's he's he? mid-20s or i don't think he graduated at this point well he's in college and left but right well you know what i mean you know it's yeah well (laughs) mid-20s or so harry's had a kid so yeah college dropout to go punch people at night you know (laughs) i mean anyway um (laughs) yeah so uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say. So we've got this this kind of framing this issue, and uh, Spider Man goes and kind of meets with a cop that popped up in a previous issue. Um, cause some some loose story threads there to get a lead about uh some gun smuggling, and and the the cop even mentions like this isn't normally your thing. You normally go for the costume guy, and you know you realize well this is 
a special night, you know, so we're, we're the theme is is getting guns off the street. Right. But one thing I love is we're introduced this Connor Trevane. Yeah, uh, Trevane. As in the most 90s fashion possible, we get a little headshot of him and then he twists around his butts there his pecs are out he has the gun pointed it's the total 90s pose Mm -hmm. and just proven that you know men can do it too (laughs) hawkeye initiative in full force right here totally (laughs) but yeah yeah so we get a little bit of that and then we're we're off with the story spider-man finds a crooked cop gives him his his best batman impression blinds him uh gives him a little little rough treatment um what do you think about this segment with Spider-Man like slowly like webbing up different parts of this guy's body mentioning that like oh I hope you're not allergic to this web fluid uh ran into a guy who was once and uh wasn't very good and like as he's doing it he's like webbing this guy's like cheek uh the top of his forehead like his his, his knees to to a brick wall we've run into this I don't, it's funny to me we're a Spider-Man podcast but we keep bringing up that Batman guy and it's because <laughs> Spider-Man does kind of mimic this Batman thing a number of times but it's done perfectly here like it's been done in other comics we've talked about where he's trying to be all edgy and hardcore and he's like I hope you're not allergic to something like (laughs) it's it's perfect because it's totally him trying and it's it's perfect because it's peter overthinking it so he's like what if you were allergic like i know you're not but like putting that like down his mind so like it's the right principle but Mm -hmm. it's so nerdy it doesn't come off right (laughs) i i I can see like so so yeah i I can see it like in between like puffs from his inhaler like (laughs) you know like hope you're not allergic to this thwit 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 Uh, yeah i uh <laughs> well then so after after this after this batman action we get a little metal gear solid action if we're going to be you know crossover with our, our references where uh he gets okay. the address for this where this gun smuggling operation is going to go or this black market gun deal or whatever it is and uh he mentions well he's gonna spider-man says he'll need some misdirection to uh to get some sneaking in and just picks up a big old uh crate and yeets it on it into the river to uh make a noise distraction the guards of course go to investigate it and then uh, decide well i guess i didn't hear anything after all oh now i get your metal gear connection there we go Um, there's a different video game that popped my mind when i was reading this section was it the spider-man video game it sure was Kay. (laughs) (laughs) see i feel like that was probably a better reference on the spider-man podcast also, like, the gameplay, like, totally mimics this kind of thing, where you will distract people and take them out and web them. It's, it's stealth-ish. Not stealth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're not well, a solid snake in it through the bush to uh, get up that elevator. <laughs> he, he's descending. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he runs into a room of fully armed mobsters making yet another gun deal and just handles it without too much gunfire, frankly. Now, like, I just want to point out that this is, like, a shady gun deal going down in an abandoned warehouse at the harbor these are not very creative mobsters i mean 
we're I, I feel like at any given point in the Marvel, you know, in the Marvel's take of New York City, you could just swing by the harbor. And if you see enough guys in cheap black suits, it's like, I should probably just poke my head in there and see what's going on. It's probably not someone's birthday. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was the case at Marvel. I haven't seen a good, you know, warehouse dock in a long, long time with all the uh, intergalactic hijinks they tend to resort to now. Um, the last one I can think of off the top of my head was um, the Punisher story during Dark Reign right before he got turned into the Franken Punisher. Interesting. Um, I cannot remember the numbers off the top of my head. I believe that was a Van Lente story. Um there you but go. yeah, yeah, Good yeah. Point. So yeah, that, that that would have been like a solid ten years at this point. That was yeah. pre Dan Slot takeover. So yeah, yeah. We, I'm sure there has to there had to have been one during the Dan Slot era. Oh, maybe. Uh, I just it's not coming to mind. But, yeah, uh, me either. But the Punisher is referenced here. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, again, the Punisher's got a slow night. All he has to do is go by the harbor and check out some docks. He sees some guys in some cheap suits. It's like, all right, well, time to get punishing. Yeah, though, uh, the Punisher, or Spider-Man says the Punisher wouldn't be dumb enough to play with those guns, those big bad guns. And I'm like, yeah. And then he calls himself on it. But I'm like, that's <laughs> all the Punisher's known for. It's a weird line. It is a weird line. But, you know, Punisher was big right then. Gotta mention the Punisher. Gotta give him some lip service. What? It was like the 90s, yeah. Like, this was like when Punisher 99 was happening. 2099. I think of the Punisher being big uh, when Ennis was on. I guess that's my... Uh, that, that's when he, like... Anyway. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're to do a Punisher we're... podcast. There's not much to say. He shoots people, they get over it once, he shoots them again, then they're done. <laughs> I mean, we could always talk about the time where uh, the Punisher became a uh, agent of the Angel of Death or something like that. Oh, or he's imbued with mystical properties. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Me too. Let's get, let's focus back back in on this issue a little bit. Yeah, um, so we're webbing up some mobsters. And, uh... and then we get a razor bat. We get a razor bat slicing through Spider-Man's webbing. And uh, oh, who could it be? Is it Batman? Well, he says he only there, he only knows one person that uses them. And in, of course, in my head, I'm like, Batman? Like, is, is that? Is, but no, no, it, it's Hobgoblin. Oh, um marvel's batman yeah no that's that's moon knight what no moon knight is not a batman one now he dresses in white is crazy yeah he's batty and <laughs> Are you he's fight? the knight it's in his name moon knight i mean the midnighter also a batman analog it's not marvel wait it's not no that was Wildstorm, and then acquired by dc because he's on the authority that's right you're right my bad i was in my head for some reason i conflated epic with uh Wildstorm. don't know why that's a weird yeah all right so yeah. anyways hobgoblin comes in on his glider um, and uh, there's a little tussle. And by a little tussle, I mean Hobgoblin page one, action. Hobgoblin page two. By the end of it, uh, Spider-Man has him in his grasp. Page three, Hobgoblin's webbed up with other mooks on the dock. Uh, so I want to hear nothing about Hobgoblin being a threat ever again. <laughs> 
Well, you know, this, this is like the second or third Hobgoblin, so it's... Hobgoblin much, light? Yeah, yeah, much like our third uh, Green Goblin. Yeah. Right, this is the Hobgoblin that becomes a Demo Goblin, correct? Yes, I believe yeah. you are Which correct. Which happens in this series, but only a few issues later, right? Yeah, so they're establishing him here. Yeah, I guess. There is one shot of him on his eye that looks demonic. <laughs> But anyway, so all of this is to say that, you know, as far as the the meat of this story, the, the middle section of this story sandwich, so to speak, is a fairly run-of-the-mill Spider-Man goes in, stops this gun deal, tussles with one of his rogues, uh, you know, takes him down without much fuss. Uh, it, it's a very clean issue. Uh, and then we end back in the apartment ooh, ooh, with... Be- before we get back in the apartment, I okay. just want to point out, yeah, there's that Hobgoblin bit. Then there's a maniac with these guns from the gun deal, who's the guy orchestrating the thing that Spider-Man shuts down. Who, again, by the way, hits that Hawkeye pose. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Um, and then, and then, on the way home, on the way home, Kane, you'll never guess what Spider-Man stumbles upon. Is it a thief that's running away? And yeah. uh, someone says, stop, someone stop him. Stop thief. Familiar words for the astute Spider-Man fan who may or may not have heard his origin again and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he stops the thief. So, yeah, so he stops the thief and, uh, you know, kind of reminisce might not be the exact correct word, but thinks back to uh, the time that he once let a thief run away and how on this day in particular, he's not, he's never going to make, or, and on this day in particular, he's going to make sure that never happens. Right. Um, so once again, we kind of reiterate the, the Uncle Ben guilt and also get a quick rundown on Spider-Man's origin if for whatever reason you're not familiar with it at this point um again you know it's it's 1994 it's uh i don't know how readily available or how often amazing fantasy 15 was in reprint so uh, there poss- is i mean this is uh, spider-man classics was out around this time there's definitely mm-hmm. a reprint uh, there is i mean there's like the essentials collection i know there's a couple other weird ways to access it and i mean this is clearly right before we're getting that chapter one take so well this is a few years before chapter one yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it's coming it's going there's always some amazing fantasy 15 to be found in one form or another <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know the fearful symmetry continues but yeah so we get back to the to the issue and then once again we kind of reiterate if you somehow missed it that you know this uncle you know uncle ben's the anniversary of his death is upon us and uh you know we get that aunt may expresses that she thinks that uncle ben will be proud of peter and mj agrees and then we end on the heartwarming note of next directly following the cataclysmic amazing spider-man number 388 pursuit part one i think you're skipping over all the symbolism of the art here kane peter grabs that picture of ben and him off the the nightstand places it over his heart and falls asleep sleep after saying free you uncle ben good night only to find that he's fallen asleep and rolling over so maybe crush the picture with his proportionate uh strength of a spider and mary jane's looking over him you'll notice her vest has a certain pattern on it a tiger pattern in a way uh. <laughs> which might lead you there's so much symbolism packed in here kane the beauty of it 
Yeah, like I said, kind of maudlin and a little cartoonish <laughs> at times. Also, I, I want to go back to the burglar in this issue real quick. When he gets caught, because there's no way I'm letting you get away, not tonight of all nights. This burglar is going to rob again, but he's going to check the calendar before he does and make sure he's not out on that night. <laughs> Uh, I also like he that he like bumps into Spider-Man, bounces off the guy, and like he's just a petty crook. He he's a nobody, but you know the code Jones on this man to whip out a switchblade and go after Spider-Man, thinking that like all right, this guy caught me flat-footed, but it's my lucky night. I'm gonna be the one to shiv Spider-Man. <laughs> Like, I, I mean, I, I realize there has to be some danger in this. And, like, you can't just have, like, all the crooks just cower and give up whenever they see Spider-Man. But it's still kind of funny to see, like, this this seasoned criminal who who knows Spider-Man by name. Just, oop, Spider-Man when he, when he bumps into him. But still, he's like, you know what? You miss every shot you don't take. I'm going to go for it. I'm, you know, proportional strength of a spider, whatever. I don't even know what that means. It's this three-inch switchblade that's going to it's gonna cut me to glory. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, it's an issue. It's a Spider-Man. It's definitely uh, kind of, like we said, stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any wrap-up final thoughts? Well, I, I, I think, I think we, we kind of front-loaded our conversation as far as, like, contextualizing it and, and really kind of our deeper thoughts were... Um, so I, I don't really have anything else to add other other than that. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. It's a fun issue, but it's uh, completely skippable in my mind now. Mm-hmm. It's All right. Well, then that's going to bring us to our web of rankings. Um, what what were you uh, where were you thinking about putting this bad boy? Oof. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, stories that I might want to put this above um, where we start getting to parts of the list where I start maybe going from, you know, not having much of an opinion into maybe some more negative opinions about stuff would probably about uh number 33 on our list the uh, sandy fetus story Mm -hmm. which i know you love yes so um i was eyeing kind of that area to start but there's a lot that i would put above this on our list here spider-man india um and whatnot so maybe a better part since this is a lot about like talking about the origin textualizing or not even recontextualize just talking about it but what did recontextualize was with great power that miniseries Mm -hmm. um do you feel that this story belongs in the realms of that which is number 39 on our list see i was looking higher i was looking at pumping up and comparing it to that um because again that was you know uh not a know nothing story but like a um a story that was enjoyable uh a good read but not necessarily adding much to the mythos or or anything um i didn't really find many faults in this story uh other than you know it was the middle section was a little uh, i think boilerplate was the word i used previously um so I was I was kind of looking more around there as far as like stock and standard Spider-Man story. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think what we have here is a difference of opinion that has nothing to do with Spider-Man or these mm-hmm. comics necessarily in particular, but more about the fact that you're willing to take kind of a, you know, a stock story mm-hmm. and be like, you know, it's good, it's solid, it hits, it's beats, you know, let's move it up. Whereas I see something that's not really taking any risks or doing anything interesting. And I'd rather have a more interesting failure where there are parts I don't like, but parts that I find interesting.
interesting or enjoy and i mm-hmm. make that higher so i think that's maybe where okay that, that, that's fair and i think for the sake of having a cohesive list i think that your 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 position is probably a, a better one to take than mine uh because the you know if, if we keep if i keep Every time I run into like what I believe is just kind of a stock standard Spider-Man story, I just put it on the list. It's going to be kind of difficult if we get a bunch of those to kind of piece together <laughs> within there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I will. I will concede uh, my my vote, and uh, we'll go with where you were going to place it. Where would, did I say so? I was saying right above with great power. Yes. Which was 39, moves down to 40, and this becomes our new 39. Uh, there we go. Sorted, ranked. Uh, sorry, Mr. Wallace, if Wallace. that wasn't your your bag, or our episode wasn't your bag, I get it, but uh, that's you know, how the cookie crumbles. It's different opinions make the world go around. Um, like Congress. Sure. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the show. If you'd like to show the show if you'd like to show your support uh get exclusive reviews of modern spider-man comics commission artwork from spider-man artists past and present as well as access to the members only section of our slack community check out the amazing spider talk podcasting networks patreon that's two shows to support for the price of one plus twice the bonus content uh you can also support the show of course by telling someone about it just word of mouth that's how these things grow give us a review on apple or google play uh or google podcasts now they keep rebranding um but uh, switcher or Podbeat or any whatever your podcast player of choice is you know just just click just, positive vibes we love it <laughs> speaking of positive vibes uh why, why don't you tell our, our listeners what we're going to be talking about next next time we're taking another user request we'll be covering spider-man unlimited volume one number eight another 90s tastic issue something tells me a lot of our listeners just love the 90s who doesn't love the 90s king i mean the 90s were very kind to me in that they brought me into being yeah yeah so there's that yeah well also i think for what our show is um it's gonna be a lot of 90s buddy well i mean i mean the 90s is where we got like an explosion of spider-man titles so you know of course some are gonna get fall through the cracks and and that's what we're here for to reach deep into those cracks and pull out the nuggets really should just call it 90s spider-man a retrospective (laughs) and just dove in All right. Well, a special thanks to the LA Badge for providing our theme song. Uh, If you want to listen to more from the LA Badge, check out the show notes for links. And until I tweak my back from trying the Hawkeye pose in the mirror, make mine untold. (laughs) 